Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. Hello and welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Look how many times I've done this correctly, Randy. As as we hit the record button today, how many episodes have we got roughly? Uh, episodes. Are we coming on 50? Hang on, I'll tell you. I could more easily tell you how old we are because there's a widget on the website. that There's a widget that. that tells us how old we are on the yeah, website. Hold on, and I'll give you the exact number. And date, if you would, while we're talking. Well, okay. Now see, you're, yeah, see, yeah. you're asking all kinds of tough, tough questions. We have got, as we hit the record button, we have got 51 episodes. And over 1,400 followers on Facebook. Yes. Well, that's in our group. Yep. That's in our group. Yeah, in yep, our group. In our group. And we've done this for 170, 180, maybe 180 days. And I'm bringing all this up because, uh, number one, it's a pleasure to serve you. And I mean that sincerely. I know I speak for Randy when I say that too. Uh, number two, we are finding more and more daily where people are contacting us and say, Hey, I met you on Facebook and love your podcast. And I want to talk with you about a rental, or I want to talk with you about more moving to the village, or I want to talk with you about getting a date with that pretty girl that was on the other night. <laughs> so apparently people are watching and listening and, and we do appreciate, we sincerely do. In the course of that, I, your co-host, Dennis R. Simpson and Mr. Randy Cantrell, the other co-host, um, we're getting a lot of questions about Mr. Randy. And I thought it would be time. I, I know that I talk a lot about myself because we're always over here and we talk about things, but uh, we haven't asked many questions of Mr. Rondi, Rhonda, Rondi, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Randy and his lovely wife, Rhonda, uh, who were here this last week, which was another joy. We, we enjoy having them and be back again in a couple of weeks. So you're making it a regular occurrence. Second, yeah. The second trip since we started the podcast, we came in October and we were there just this last week. And so, yeah, so it's. Unique. It's, it, I mean, it's been, it's, it's been unique, you know, to come over and to engage with folks and, uh, and meet some folks. And, and I did wear, I did wear my beanie. I, I had Rhonda, well, true, true confession. So there was a stain underneath this, underneath, no. underneath this pat. Well, actually it looked like it looked like somebody had dipped their finger in bleach and then done this, you know, just touch oh, yeah. it. Yeah, it, yeah. It had a really pale spot. And I'm like, why don't you make me an HSV inside out, <laughs> embroider me something and put it there. So I wore this, it was chilly all last week. So I know you're it's hot there today. Like it is here Wait, in Dallas, but you warned me, you warned me. You said, as soon as it turns cold, I'm wearing this beanie till spring. And I do. And I do, except it's 78 degrees here today. So I don't have it on today, but no, no, no need I for a beanie. I usually it's, it's on 24 seven. I sleep in, I sleep in a beanie yeah, and socks. 
And so that's probably more information than you wanted to know. But head and feet stay cold in the head, winter. Keep the extremities rolling. Keep yeah, the extremities exactly. rolling. Exactly. Well, anyway, let, let's start. You were born in Eden, Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken. Ada. Ada, Ada Oklahoma. Oklahoma. What was Ada, I thinking? Oklahoma. Ada, Oklahoma. It's the county seat for Pontotoc County. Is that not uh, where? Is that from BJ Thomas? Where was he from? Uh, no. Where was he from? Um, no, it is probably now most famous is the home of the birthplace of Blake Shelton. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Blake Shelton. But yeah, so I was, I was born in 1957 in Ada and we left, uh, I was in third grade and we moved to Louisiana and I pretty much until I got married, spent the rest of my life growing up in Louisiana. What, what, what did your dad do in, uh, in Oklahoma? He was in Oklahoma. He was all filled trash is, and that's his words. Uh, wow. my grand, my grandfather, his father, uh, was a wildcatter. Wildcatters simply mean these are guys that went and poked holes in the ground, hoping and praying they hit something, you know? So this was, uh, this was not the day and age of high tech, uh, geology work. I mean, they had geologists and stuff, but I mean, man, you had guys out there with, what do they call the, uh, the, the wishbone, you know, the, the, witchy the divining things, rods, divining, divining rods. rods. I mean, you, yeah. you had all kinds, I've heard all kinds of stories, uh, of, of people prowling around in pastures, you know, and, and wondering, okay, well, let's try it here kind of stuff. So well, before you were, had, they, size- were all, they were all roughnecks and I mean, they were, they drilled, they drilled wells. I mean, that's what they did. They, they were in the oil field business. And so it could be wild feast or famine. It could literally be, Hey, we hit oil and we got buttloads of money or we're yeah. completely broken. Oh, well, my, my dad, yeah. My dad tells the story, you know, to this today, I, I've, I've grown up hearing it. They, you know, they, they drilled and they drilled and they drilled and they drilled and they did, they did well. And this is back in the day when. I don't know why it's odd. The things that stick out in your mind, a hundred dollars a week. If a guy was making a hundred dollars a week, $400 a month, you were, you were on easy street. Well, that's $5,200 a year, Randy. What would you do with yeah. that kind of change? Yeah. yeah. Well, and you're talking about houses that cost, you know, virtually nothing compared to today and cars, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, and life was good and had all had all the money needed uh he and a brother and my grandfather as the story goes you know they were all they were in this together and couldn't couldn't talk my grandfather out of yeah let's we're good now let's you know kept on and of course it's it's the gambler's thing right you go from feast to famine and went to feast to famine and I guess that's probably about the time that we bug that we bugged out. He ended up <laughs> in the real estate business and being a home builder, uh, in, in Louisiana, in Louisiana, Northern and, Louisiana and or did what? that both. We were, we were in Shreveport for a time and we were in Baton Rouge, uh, lived in Baton Rouge for nine years. And, uh, and then we, we kind of all gathered and decided now we're going to let's head back. Let's head back toward home. And so came back to, uh, to Oklahoma and Rhonda and I lived in Oklahoma city 
And uh, I ran a company in Oklahoma City, and then we ended up coming down here to Dallas. She's from Fort Worth. So, or where did you meet Rhonda? At what point? I met I met her through a church meeting. Um, we attended the same church. We had mutual friends. My very best friend in the world, his father, who was the evangelist that performed the ceremony to marry us. In fact, he would have turned ninety this past Sunday. He died a couple mm. of years ago. Um, he was my best friend's father. Oh, and. When I was in Ada, his dad worked with the congregation that my family went to in Ada. Mm -hmm. So from little boys up and our parents were best friends and he and I were, were lifelong best friends. He passed away in 2012. In fact, next May, it will have been 10 years, which is hard for me to fathom. He Uh, wouldn't be that old though. Would he Randy? No, we were the same age. We were the same age. So he was in his fifties. Yep. He was like 56. Um, He had a, uh, you know, he had, he had a brain tumor and, uh, anyway, one thing led to another and he ended up uh, passing away in May of, of 2012, but his father, his family was in Ada when my family was in Ada and, uh, it was through him that I met Rhonda. His dad ended up coming to work for a church here in Fort Worth, uh, which happens to be the same congregation where we now worship. Really? And, uh, so he introduced us and I asked her out at a July meeting up in Oklahoma. Uh, there's a big church meeting, you know, kind of a camp meeting, they call right. it, right. uh, in July of 75. What did she think about this moppy headed teenager? She was hanging out. Yeah. With? I don't know. You'd have to ask her. You'd have to ask her. You never ask her. You never we were, ask her. We, we 40 eight, years of marriage. Ah, we were we were 18 and I just clicked and I I knew I knew I I was I wasn't going to date anybody else and she said she knew the same thing and we've been together ever since. We got married in 78. Yeah. So coming January 2nd of next year, 44 years. So we've been together since we were 18, so Wow. There's that. So, so how did you get, we moved back to Oklahoma and then you came down to Dallas. Now you had run a company in Oklahoma. Yep. Yep. Worked for, uh, for a founder, uh, of a, of a chain, a record chain, Mm -hmm. uh, called sound warehouse, uh, which is long gone. Vinyl as all, as all record, as as all record, as all record businesses are now. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But he had purchased a chain for out of Atlanta that had gone defunct called Peaches Records. Oh, man. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, he bought some of the locations and the inventory of Peaches Records, and he had a location on uh, May Avenue, which is a, a big thoroughfare in Oklahoma City, and it was a great location, 63rd and, and May but he had a big sound warehouse store, like one block away. It's like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. So he decided to go into the consumer electronics business and, uh, and hired me. And, uh, yeah, so got, got to run that. And I was, I was young. I mean, I was 24, 25 and, uh, ran that for six years or so. Stayed in Oklahoma City, you know, knew we wanted to probably get down to the DFW area. 
And it wasn't so much a homecoming for Rhonda, kind of, sort of, but we were familiar with it. We knew, had a lot of church friends down here and just felt like uh, this would be probably a good place to, you know, to raise the family. And we know folks and I was the kind of, we were the kind of parents didn't really want the kids going off to college. Thought, you know, let's, let's get them through school. Let's get them educated. And then we'll kick them out of the nest kind of a thing. <laughs> and there's plenty of colleges around here and, and stuff. So yeah, we, uh, we got here. Well, we made the decision when we were 32. And so, uh, we got down here and the kids were in elementary school and here we are, you know, well, so now many years later, when you, when you get into, you get, you come into, uh, Dallas and your job in Dallas is you're working with the, the electronic store or what? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still in consumer <clears throat> electronics. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you go way back, I'm a fifth, I'm 15, 16, I'm a high school kid. And I walk in cold to a stereo store because in, in Louisiana I'm, in Louisiana and Baton Rouge. So I love, I love music. I'm a music nerd and a half. Uh, I spend every spare dollar on records and, uh, it, it's just, you know, my favorite place on the planet before hot Springs village <laughs> was a store on state street, just outside the gates of LSU, which is where I was going to school called leisure landing. And, uh, they got all my money. I mean, <laughs> what Rhonda didn't get, they got. So and, as they, a, and, and they got more, they got more than Rhonda got. I'll tell you. So as a starving college student, you're, you're walking in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm spending hours browsing and browsing. And so I was a, I was a music, I was a music. I just loved it. Absolutely. And still do. And fell in love with the gear, you know, that would play my records really well. You sure. know, I remember going into a store and I, you know, you think you've heard a good sound system until you've heard a really good sound system, <laughs> you know? So I kind of got hooked that what, that's what got me in the, in the hi-fi business. So I just kind of stumble bummed into the consumer electronics business, which is what it later became known as. Right. And, uh, yeah. So I was, was operating a company in Dallas that, that was largely consumer electronics, but also was high end appliances you know, Viking wolf, sub zero Thermidor, that, all the that, kind of, that kind of stuff. And all uh, the premier names. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, did that for, you know, about 20 years. And then for the last dozen years or so, I've been primarily doing coaching. And these days it's pretty much, it's largely it's CEO, it's CEO coaching, but it's also largely city government, uh, working with city managers and, and their teams. So, I mean, to, to, to summarize, it would be coaching. Is that, is that how you would phrase it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I tell people and you've heard me, you and I've had this conversation before, but I'll tell the audience, you know, people will sometimes describe, well, can consulting is give a man a fish and coaching is teach a man to fish. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't do either one of those things. You know, I want to know, do you even like fish, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it People think that coaching is advice giving and it may be for some, but it's not for me. It's largely just a lot of questions and a lot of conversation. You know, it's trying to help people take their own trip on self-discovery, you know, so that they can reach hopefully some new level of performance, maybe a level that they didn't even initially think they could get to. So, uh, it's not therapy, but it's therapeutic. I'll put it that way. Is it like holding a mirror up to the client? 
Yeah, well, and I tell clients that. My first engagement, I will tell them, it's my job to help you paint yourself into a corner. And once you're in that corner, to give you the mirror and then say, okay, what do you see and what do you want to look different? You know, so it's heavy lifting. It's very, it's very heavy lifting. It sounds like it. It sounds like to me, I, I can hear somebody say, oh, this is cool. You know, this is cool. So you're going to paint me in a corner and then have me a mirror. That's cute. You, you, yeah. Until they hand on the mirror and you go, well, dang, I didn't want to change that. I, uh, do I have to, I got to change. I got you know, to- I'm very fortunate. Uh, in 12 years, <clears throat> I've only had one client. One, one, which, which I'm, I'm tickled. I, I hated, I hated that, but I'm tickled that it was only one that really didn't want to put in the work, uh, surprisingly. And, and I won't, I don't ever tell people this is, it's all going to be fun. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, change and transformation is not fun. It's worth it. Uh, and it's not my life to live. You know, I'm not trying to live their life for them. Uh, that's for them to decide, you know, it's all about pursuit of the ideal outcome. And I can tie that to this podcast because this podcast for me was really an outgrowth of my own Rhonda and I together, the pursuit of our ideal outcome and our ideal outcome is to have a presence there in hot springs village, you know? So, and I will today, I will use that with clients and tell them about that. I said, you know, three, four years ago, I didn't even know this place existed. So what I was pursuing three or four years ago is not what I'm pursuing. Now I wasn't pursuing a presence in hot springs village. Uh, back prior to 2018, didn't know the well, place existed, but now I am. So, well, let me interject something real quick because of other conversations we've had over the last 180 days. Uh, you noted one time that before you found Hot Springs Village, y'all had an Airbnb that you went to on a regular basis, or not Airbnb, a, a B&B, a B&B, and yeah. that that was a beloved place. And I, I can understand it being a beloved place. And I mean, four years ago, you wouldn't have thought of leaving that place and coming someplace else, right? No. And that was a play and, and it's Natchitoches, Louisiana is where it is. Uh, you know, it's on, it's on the cane river. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a perfectly lovely place. I, I wouldn't move there. I, 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 it's never crossed my mind. I, I enjoy going visiting and enjoy leaving and coming home, but hot Springs village was a whole different experience. It was a completely different experience. You know, I'd never been anywhere. Um, I would have, I would have, I would have bet every, I don't bet, but if I would have bet, I would have bet everything I own, you know, just bury me right here. I'm good. You know, I'm, good. good. I'm good over here in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, and this is fine. The grandkids are here, his family here. And I don't plan on, I don't plan on leaving that because the people that I love the most are here, but boy, the place I love the most is there, you know, where you're at. So that was a whole different, that's a whole different thing. And I will use that. I'll tell clients that because come on, your ideal outcome changes the things that you want today. You may not want those things a year from now. You may not want them a month from now and that's okay. You know, pursue what you want to pursue. So it's not my job to tell clients what to pursue. That's for them to figure out. I just want to help them figure it out. You know, the work is about figuring it out and I'm like you and everybody else that's listening to this. That's all any of us are trying to do. Some of us have done it maybe better than others. I don't profess to have done it really well. Uh, but my, my, my curiosity drives the questions and the questions kind of beg the answers. 
So there's that. And I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at it, you know, because I care. Well, I was, I was going to say, uh, it reminds me of the song we were talking about with uh, Greg Allman and uh, Jackson Brown. Please don't remind me of my failures. Yeah. I'm aware of them. So aware of them. And I think it's part of that is, is that we get to an age and you go, well, no, I'm not bulletproof and I'm not perfect, but I've done a lot of things and I've made a lot of achievements and I am good at things. And there's no sin in saying I'm good at things. At the same time, I can tell you 20 more things I'm not good at, but I'm not going to try and, you know, I can't be perfect across the board. I'm going to play to my strengths, as they say, you know, I'm going to work to the things that I know I do well. Um. Well, a very interesting story. I'm, I'm really, thanks. I've been wanting to ask you that for a long time and just kind of fill out all the details. I will ask you one more story. I'm going to take you back to Dallas real quick to uh, the electronics. And wasn't there some guy with the Eagles that y'all worked with at some time? What was that yeah, story? Well, yeah, we, we, listen, we were, we were in, in a very uh, affluent uh, part of Dallas and had, had a lot of a lot of high-end customers um football players and such well, or what? you know Vern lundquist lived in the area uh ross perot you know we we you know but that that was some of the clientele but yeah we've we we've had a rock star we've 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 serviced a rock star or two but you know when you're in that kind of business when you're in the high-end I mean, when you're selling sub-zero refrigerators, you're going to, that's who you expect to come in. The yeah, door. It's kind of who you expect. That's who you expect to spend 20 grand, you know, on a built-in refrigerator. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's not for the ordinary Joes like you and me. Yeah. yeah I may have, yeah. I may have helped run the place, but yeah, I didn't, it's, it was, it was, it was higher than, higher than, uh, higher than my pay grade. Well, as I, like I've told you this story before, when you come across the river bridge and you're coming into Little Rock from Maumelle on 430 and you look on the left-hand side and there's a million dollar homes that the former governors and people live in. And that's just gorgeous. I lived on the other side. I was on the other <laughs> side of that street. I, that, that was a beautiful view over there, but the, yeah. I had the same view, but it wasn't, yeah. that, my, my house wasn't over there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't live in the neighborhood. That's for sure. That's for sure. But no, it was great. You know, and I'm, 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 I grew up as a kid, uh, greeting the public, meeting the public. Um, you know, you, you poke fun that I'm, I'm not really an introvert and I just don't look like it. We had a get together. I was there in October. And so Dennis had conspired and put together a very informal kind of a meeting one evening at the beehive. And we thought we might have five to eight people. Yeah. You know, and we end up with, I don't know what, 40, 30, 40, right at 40. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so I'm there and Dennis has said, I think I'm going to have to revoke your introvert card. And I said, no, the difference is I'm going to leave here after this, after this shindig, and I'm going to go back to my Airbnb and I'm going to be exhausted and you're going to go home to your house on Lake DeSoto and you're going to be jacked up. And he Let's was go dancing, honey. Let's go dancing. Yeah. Honey. And he, yeah. and he was, and I was, so <laughs> there's the difference, but no, I was just going to say, you know, meeting, meeting the public. You know, standing toe to toe with a customer when you're a teenager, there's something to that. My son today, he runs a, a successful home inspection business here, and he will tell you he he largely attributes you know the fact that as a kid, working you know working for me 
interacting with the public. Yeah, it was just there's high value in that. So I don't know wh- what the audience should do with that, but I'm a strong believer in young people t- taking those kind of frontline jobs just just for the interaction. You know, it it matters. It helps. It, well, even even today in this kind sure. of work. Well, then let's cut back to the chase. I mean, here we are in a digital medium, and that is what we do, right? Mm-hmm. You see us on the street. It's me. You see you on the street. It's you. It, we're, we're, we're who we are right here because we're, we have those people skills we learned 40 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and I give that analogy. Um, I see kids today, and I'm, this is not critical of the kids today. I just I see them today. Well, I'm going to text you. Well, can't you just call us? <laughs> well, we're standing right here. Well, just just call. Come over and talk to us. Uh, I think I'm, 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 I'll just I'll send an Instagram. You'll do what? Just talk to us. I think I think that we've made everything digitally so easy that we forget how important it is to be face to face with customers. Uh, back in the late uh, middle '90s, early '90s, actually. Uh, technology was beginning to come on, you know, and I mean by technology, and I'm not trying to be funny here, but I mean, you know, fax machines and a little bit of email and, you know, some, some exactly. Um, but I, re- I remembered very quickly, I was in sales for our printing company, my parents' printing company. And I remember telling them after just a couple of days, I went back and I said, uh, we've got to go see people. I got to go knock on doors. And they were why? And I said, because it's different. It's really, really different. If I sit down and I talk with you face to face, the video here as we use now or, or audio or whatever, it's completely different. You know, you're going to ask a different question. I'm going to give a different answer. The conversation is going to go different ways. We're going to know more about each other, but that's because it's not just a digital medium where we can hang up real quick and go uh, and stick our face back in our phone to use the analogy. Yeah, but we were uh, so, talking before you hit record about people watching. I mean, here we are. It's two talking heads. If we have a guest, it's three, maybe four talking heads. Mm-hmm. But it's still talk. It's still talking heads. And, and yet, it's not because we're beautiful. We are not beautiful. We're not. Well, at least our heads oh, aren't. I'm, okay. I'm so some dis- of us. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> this hitch. I tell you what. You're going to need counseling with Rhonda. Wait, I can tell. I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> what? Uh, you know, but people. You know, it's fun. I mean, people still enjoy seeing your facial expressions and, yeah. and tone still matters and facial expressions <laughs> do, do impact it. My, my son is so old school and it's fun. You know, so if you go to a, a McAllister's deli or, or someplace, you know, a place here where you, you go and you, you ask for a refill of a drink, for instance, right? Sure. You know, and, and the, the grandkids, you know, her little kids, you know, and we did that with our kids. It's, it's just, it's, I love seeing it. I love seeing some of this stuff pass forward. It's okay. We'll go up there and go up there and ask her, you know, by myself, yeah, at first, you know, at first they're hesitant. And of course, now they're so brazen. They, you know, they go ask when they're not even supposed to go ask, but, but that kind of fearlessness. Yeah. I mean, you need to learn that, right? I mean, you need to learn to go up, go up to the counter, you know, you need change for a dollar. Okay. Well, take, here's a dollar, go up there. And that's that lady, you know, it's just funny watching kids. And then you see other parents that just completely the opposite, you know, they're going to do everything for the kid. And I'm like, I don't know how we got off on this, but 
Yeah, it's it's no, it's, it's, it's funny. You know, the, the, the interaction with the public. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take money. Okay, I would. I would take a lot of money, but I'd, it'd be a lot of money that I'd have to take. You know, for the lessons that you learn as a teen and just meeting the public. So all that to say this, I kind of got trapped in the retail business and I'm fanatical about customer service. Um, I, I'm not a bad customer, but I'm intolerant of lousy service. I just, there's no excuse for it. My philosophy is, you know, the same effort that it takes for you to hack somebody off. You could just as easily put that energy toward giving them a dazzling experience. So I don't get it. Why, why wouldn't you dazzle them? So, well, let, let, me, my let sermon. me go back to your point just for a second. And you touched it and you, you said the story, you said, I wouldn't take money. Yeah, you did. You've taken money your entire life for those skills you've learned. You really did. Yeah. Every but, day. You know, and I took some low money early on, obviously, <laughs> but yeah, but those, I mean, those are, those are important. Those are important lessons. Well, I say that now as an old man, who's largely serving younger, younger people, and it's all about people. I mean, when you have a CEO sit across from you and, and ask you why are soft skills so hard? And my answer is they just are, you know, they are, and we're not teaching them. We're not passing them on. I don't know. I don't know where the, I don't know where the gap is. Yes. The world has changed. It's digital. I'm not one of these, Hey, get off my lawn kind of, kind of old guys. I happen to love it all. I love the technology. You do too. We're both real techno nerds. Um, it doesn't mean it's in place of, you know, real human interaction. Uh, I love them both. But, but where do we teach soft skills? We don't teach it anymore. I mean, for example, you know, I, I, I was a co-teacher with the, the, uh, Dale Carnegie sales program for years. Okay. We had a course there that they don't even teach anymore, which was time management. They don't even offer it anymore. Why think about that? Because people think they don't need it. People think that, you know, I'll just make four phone calls and I'll just be, and you end up being more scattered. And I'm seriously, people don't think they need it. But when we were in sales, uh, yeah, I can teach you sales, but sales is soft skills. Sales is soft. If you plan on throwing out hamburgers like McDonald's does on a transactional basis, then that'll be the world you live in. If you plan on working in a relational basis where I have a relationship with you and when you come back up to the window, we're going to talk about it. And did you want that extra pie or, you know, whatever that is a soft skill, no matter how elementary or basic it is, it's still a soft skill. Uh, Jerry Wilson, the, uh, the, the sponsor, as they call it for the Dale Carnegie program in Little Rock, uh, he taught me and taught my mom both. Um, and, um, I was like, mom, I think you need to go through the sales course. And she was like, what? I'm an old lady. She was in her late sixties at that time. One of the greatest experiences. She said, I've had the best time. I really learned how to sell things. I'm like, you knew how to sell stuff before you just know you know, the process. You now know that you know how to sell stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, (laughs) I'll tell that story and then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Yeah. But anyway, mom goes through the course and, and one of the, uh, the stories Jerry was, we, I went to the restaurant with him one time and a guy came out and was busting the table and bringing some tea out to the table. He, I mean, he was just cussing under his breath. 
Uh, could we have a tea? Do you mind if we have a tea? Yeah, I'll get you a tea. I'll just, uh, guy came back over the table and Jerry said, do you like working here? Guy said, no, I hate it. This is the stupidest place I've ever been. It's just, he said, don't worry. You won't be here long. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. This, Keep this that problem, up and you won't be here long. This problem will solve itself. My friend, this problem will solve itself. But the good news is today, I mean, people can, you, you, you can, in my opinion, and I'm an optimist, I just don't see a downside to optimism. Um, mm-hmm. people can find, they can, they can find their own way, you know? So for the, for those people that they want to sit at a computer, they want to be in a dimly lit room and just write code. The world's your oyster. It just is. And for those people that want to lead, for those people that want to build organizations and you've got the skills for it, you've got the natural propensity for it. And you learn a few things along the way and you got the humility to do it. The world's your oyster and everything in between. So, you know, I'm not one of these people that shakes my fist at technology and ah, these people need to get off their phone and whatnot. Listen, we're We gravitate to the thing that we most want to do and Hey, all I want people to do is tune into us. Right. So there's that. So, and the technology affords us to do stuff like this, you know, I mean, never, never before until very recent history could two guys connect as frequently as we do and, and do a show that's got video and audio and distributed on virtually every major platform on the planet audio and video. I mean, hello, YouTube. Um, it's pretty stinking cool. And, and I mean, I'm glad to be ago, alive. Well, six months ago, we hardly knew each other. I mean, we had no idea. No, you know, no. We, we just, oh, and, and, you know, and I think we've become fast, really close friends. Think uh, so. And that that's a bonus by the way. So, well, and you know, if what? that it comes just, across to the audience and I hope it does, I will, I will be the first in line to tell you it's real. It is not, it is not contrived. I took a few shots, you know, early on, well, what's your, what's your motive here? You're, you're up to no good. And I'm like, I'm not up to no good. I'm just, Hey, we're just trying to shine a light on a place that we just think is stinking awesome. And, and I'm very thankful that, you know, we've got, we've got some people in the community that, that are, are, fairly anxious to support the cause and hey we're we're unabashed capitalists but you know we we haven't been mercenary at all in this and, and won't was, be and no won't and be. there was never any mercenary intent behind it uh it's just yeah i mean i i don't i don't back away from anybody and tell them people you know, the last GM and the way he walked out the door was the pivotal moment for me. I was already thinking about doing a podcast, but you know, when that cat decided to behave as unprofessionally and as poorly as he did, that was, I'm like, okay, that was go, go time for me. I mean, I hit, I hit the go button in in a hurry and reached out to you and said, Hey, here's what I'm, here's what I'm thinking. The place is just, it's just too good. Um, by the time this airs, we'll have already aired the show that we did with John Paul, uh, again, you know, I mean, here's a guy that's been there 24 years. You know, I ran into a couple last week. I was there and they've been there for over 30 years. Um, I mean, these are people that came when they were, well, they were, they were way younger than I am now, you know, so I'm kind of (laughs) envious of it. 
but it's still uh, it's still a great place i got high high hopes for not only our podcast but for the community and the place i think the best days are ahead of us um i've kind of had to live in that lincoln riley coach the ou sooners i'm a avid ou sooner football fan so i'm driving home sunday and Rhonda's on her phone and she said lincoln riley you heard lincoln riley's gonna go to usc and i said he's not leaving he's not going why would you go to usc shut your mouth by the time we pulled in the driveway at the house here in dfw he was gone you know so i've been optimistic and telling other other sooner fans yeah listen come on our best days are are ahead of us i believe it i believe it about them i believe it about hot springs village so there's my take well, I'll spin it real quick and, and add to it. And that is, is that there's no downside in being positive. There's none. There is no downside in being positive whatsoever. And I, I have repeatedly, and I know you have too, Randy, I have repeatedly had people reach out to us and say, we appreciate that you have a positive podcast. You're sending a positive message. You know what? There, there is no bottom to complaining and being negative and, and, and trash in the place. There's no bottom. It just, you just keep digging. You just keep digging, but we're just not going to go that direction. And you people, you kind people, truly kind people who have heard this by now and seen this by now. No, we're not going to head that direction. As you say, it's too gorgeous a place. If you can, if you're watching, look behind me. Yeah. It's too gorgeous a place to cuss. I'm really fanatical that we want this podcast to be, to serve some leadership role, which means we want to have some influence. Now that presupposes that you want it to be positive influence, good influence. Well, we do. And we want to do for others what they can't do for themselves. We realize that not everybody, not everybody can get, not everybody can sit down with John Paul. He just, he doesn't have the time. It's no statement on him and it's no statement on any of our guests, but we, we are able to bring into people's homes and their earbuds and their eyeballs, you know, some people that they might not have access to, uh, that's not lost on me. You know, our responsibility to handle that well is, is the, is the name of the game. And there's so many great stories and so many great people inside the village and so many great people and great stories in the surrounding areas, hence hot Springs village inside out, uh, before we hit record with John Paul the other day, you know, I said, you know, I've stayed in some homes and so, I mean, there's every, I can't look in hardly any direction without running into somebody that was, is very accomplished. Some and people that have done some really, yeah. Matt, oh, yeah. he said, he said, you have no idea. You no, know, he's <laughs> telling about a neighbor that he's got who was a police chief, um, somewhere, but started his career in just the suburb right next to where I live here in the DFW area and had moved up through the ranks, uh, in, in, in law enforcement, you know, those stories just, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. We're, we're not going to live long enough to tell all the great stories of some of the great people that are there inside the village. So. But yeah. you're right. And, and uh, John Paul actually mentioned and uh, he mentioned Linda Mayhood, which I didn't mention that to you, but she yeah. was the she actually was the manager for a while. She was an interim manager and she was the assistant manager for a very, very, very long time uh, and has some fascinating stories. 
let me do some lead up here. Let's let's head out where we're going to go here. Uh, a little bit later, just in the next episode or two, we're going to interview Ricky Middleton that I cannot wait to tell you the story about. Um, he was actually a Oklahoma roughneck and uh, moved to Arkansas and started digging ditches at the POA and is really? now the police chief and is one of the most, how do I say this? Ricky is one of the most astute, intelligent, well-spoken, and just polite Southern gentleman you'll ever meet who just happens to be a police chief of the largest gated community in the world. Um, he just, just a nice guy. Just my dad will like him. If he was an ex roughneck, I'm telling you, you, well, he, he said he, he you know, thought he was going to kill him being a roughneck. He wanted to get a hardworking job. So he came yeah. back to the village. Yeah. Gotta be a better started, way to make a living. Yeah. There's gotta be a better way. Gotta be a better way. Uh, like I say, I want to interview, uh, Linda Mayhood. I'll reach out to her and we'll have some chats about that. But a lot of the, the, the seniority and for example, uh, talk about Ricky, my instances, the things I've run into and the reasons I've needed to talk and walk with work with him have led me to a place where I can call Ricky and say, Hey, would you be on our show? And he's watched the show. He knows that we have a positive tone and I can't wait, can't wait for some of our, particularly some of our newer listeners and some of our newer uh, residents to understand. I'm not even going to lay it out for you. I won't even begin to, but he, he puts it in very, very perspective. I, I will say one sentence he tells everybody. And that is 99% of the people that come here come from a city and that city has laws. We're a municipality or a, a, a POA and we have rules. And then he'll go in to explain what that difference is. And and it's huge. That's the pivotal difference of all that we're going to talk about. But anyway, I'm looking forward to getting Ricky on here. And I'm going to drop a little teaser here a little bit. Um, I think we may be changing the podcast in the next few weeks. And there may be some big changes coming up. And we're excited to talk to you about that soon. Have there's I let too much tease. out of the bag, Randy? Oh, there's a tease. There's a te- <laughs> I'm even wondering what we're talking about. You even got me. What are you, what are you talking yeah. about? You Wait talking a minute. About? What? <laughs> what? No. We're, we're yeah. going to make a change? We yeah. don't change. By the way, I do own whataminutewhat.com. <laughs> I don't, I haven't done anything with it. <laughs> I've got a grandson who's 12 and he, it's his, it's his go-to phrase. You can say something. I'm like, his name's Jake. I'm like, Jake. I vow you, you don't listen to anything because no matter what I say, he's like, wait a minute. What? So I told him, I said, I'm going to start a website and I'm going to put your, I'm going to just do a landing page with just your face. And I've already got it designed. I haven't done it yet. So I went and registered, wait a minute, what.com just so I could make fun of a, of a 12 year old grandson. So that's how I roll. Oh boy. Well, I'll tell you what it as once again, it has always been a delight. Thank you for joining us again for hot springs village inside. I'm, De- I'm Dennis Simpson. And he is, did you forget who you were? I stumbled. I stumbled. Okay. Forgive me. I stumbled. Uh, well, you just tell people my name. So I don't have to do it every stinking time. I'm Randy for hot springs village inside out. I'm Dennis R Simpson. <laughs> yeah, and that and is Randy. Randy Cantrell. And we have a blast serving you. Thank you for listening and watching. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.